chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. For they are a graceful garland for your head, and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Let Sheol, let us, like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole, like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our house with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, then distress and anguish will come upon you. Then you will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despise my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure, and I will be at ease without dread of disaster. Yeah, thanks, Leanne, for the reading there from Proverbs 1. Um, I made a mistake last week. I, uh, I spoke, I was on the stage, and I never mentioned why I was wearing this, and then proceeded to have the same conversation 30 times after the service. <laughs> so let me learn from my mistakes and do what is wise now and just cover off on some bullet points. Um, bar fight? No. Um, I... It wasn't, it's, it's, it's in the middle, right? It's not exciting and it's not super boring. I've heard it playing soccer. That's what happened. 
football. We're in Australia, Phil. But yes, football, you're right. Um, someone ran into me, bent my something backwards, my weight shouldn't go, and it hurts. It was five weeks ago. I finally got a brace. It's not doing well. Um, as in, it's not, it's not getting better. I keep, I keep re-hurting it every time I do anything. Moving on. All right, here we go. <laughs> We're in the book of Proverbs. That's going to pay off for me later, though, not having to explain that again and again and again. Um, we're in the book of Proverbs, guys. If you missed last week, this is the second week. If you missed the week uh, last week, we spent a lot of time really setting up the book, doing lots of groundwork uh, for our series. And so if you missed it, uh, you can jump onto our YouTube, uh, the podcast, or the website. Go find the message and have a listen to it. I think it'd be worthwhile. Um, the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is in our Bible so that we might grow in wisdom. And we need wisdom... Because life is actually really complicated. We live in a very complex world. We actually need more than just, just simple rules to get through this life. Uh, we need those rules, right? Those Ten Commandments, don't steal, don't murder. Those things are really important for us. But most days, I'm not asking myself the question, do I murder this person or not? Um, that's generally not the, the, how, I'm, how I'm kind of navigating reality. We actually need more than just rules. We need wisdom to navigate the space between those rules. Even the greatest commandment in the Bible, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? How do I love my neighbor now? Like, right, if I wanted to love you now, what do I do? How do I put that into practice in reality? We need wisdom to fill in the gaps of how to do these things. For example, one of my very favorite verses in the, in the book of Proverbs comes from... 27, Proverbs 27, verse 14. And it's a good example of how we can get this wrong. It says, A loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse. <laughs> what he's saying is if you come at someone with too much positive energy too early, it's not going to go well. Now, look, if you're that person and you've got the early morning excited, I'm happy to see you vibes, um, you're probably trying to love that person. You, like a, a cheerful greeting is a good thing. I'm trying to love you. I'm excited to see you. It's a new day. Wisdom says timing is important, right? I am one of these people. I take about half an hour to boot in the morning. I'm quite a slow, like my, it takes a while for me to get moving. And if you come at me with too much positive energy too early before my coffee, it's not going to go great. Not that, you're, not that I'll be angry at you, but I just won't. I won't. I'll be like, soon. Just give me a second. We need wisdom. We need wisdom to figure out how to, how to navigate around reality. Every day we're walking through a million decisions, and most of the time we're not asking the question, you know, is this thing or not sinful? We're asking, is this thing or not wise that I'm, that, that's in front of me? We really do need this wisdom. And so the good news is God gives us wisdom. He promises that he'll give wisdom to those who ask. And so this is one of the reasons we're spending some time in the book of Proverbs, that we might grow in wisdom. We might spend a season as a church and as individuals in our life with God asking him for wisdom. And so let us pray now to that end before we continue in, in our time this morning. Let's pray for wisdom. Heavenly Father, we just sung together the words, Be thou my wisdom. Be thou my good word. Lord, we ask now that you would be our wisdom. You would give us wisdom where we lack it. You would keep our foot from walking down the path of the fool. And so, Lord, in, in our text today, would we see the warning you have for us? 
And Lord, would you speak to us clearly by your Holy Spirit's power, we pray. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, here's something that I think is just true of most of mankind, maybe not every single person, but in general, this is something that's true of most people, and that is that we just don't like being told what to do. I've, I've got an example here. What is the first instinct a child has when you say, don't touch that? <laughs> touch it. it, it the, the thought doesn't even occur to them that I shouldn't touch it. By you saying don't touch it, I now have to touch the thing, right? That's how it works for some kids. Um, do you want to throw up that photo of the, uh, of the desire paths? Um, this is another one of my favorite things. Keep off the grass. And look, if it's going to save me three seconds from walking around that corner, I'm going to cut across the grass. That sign is not going to stop me, right? That's just how people are wired. It's how we're wired. I love this next example, actually, of the desire path. Okay. Look at what's happening there. They're like, okay, we'll put a path so people can just keep going straight. People like to go straight, so we'll path the straight. And people are like, no, nope, we're going around. We're not going down those steps. And then the other one, they're like, okay, fine, we'll go around. And then people are like, no, nope, I'm going to go straight. <laughs> it doesn't matter which way it is, people will do the opposite. It's just, it's just, we just don't like being told what to do. And a sign isn't going to stop us. That is for certain. No one likes being told what to do. Here's the problem with that. When it comes to making big mistakes, the only way you're going to figure out what to avoid is either through heeding someone's wisdom, say, parental advice, or you're going to make the mistake and learn from your own mistake. That's basically your two options. You either look at other people, you hear, heed, heed advice, or you make your own mistake. Um, the wise people do the second thing, right? They, they heed advice. The second thing or the first thing? They do the one where they listen, right, and say themselves getting bird, burnt fingers. I mean, some people, like, love making their own mistakes and learning, and that's, that's great. But when we're talking about big, serious things, like ruining your life kind of decisions, it's not a good way to go. Save yourself the destroyed life and heed wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, the fool is characterized by his inability to heed counsel. That is what the fool is in the book of Proverbs. Why? Because receiving counsel is actually pretty hard. It actually takes humility to come underneath and receive a word of counsel. I think the, uh, the phenomenon of reverse psychology, the fact that that even exists, shows us that there is something in us that innately wants to do the opposite of what we're told. It's just there's that knee-jerk response in us. And Proverbs is going to say, listen, if you can't receive counsel, you're going to live a life of destruction. <laughs> you're going to destroy your lives. And so just as we, as we start out on this topic of, of the path of the fool, just, just reflect in your own life. Do you have an, an inability to receive counsel? Do you have an inability to receive counsel, or can you receive it with humility and take words of counsel on board? That's really the question we're, we're, we're forced to think through as we get into this book. Uh, the, last week, we started with just the, the prologue of the book of, of Proverbs, the, the fruit of wisdom, the foundation of wisdom, uh, the form of it, what, how it comes to us in the book of Proverbs. Um, and we finished with this verse here, verse 7. If we were to boil the whole book down into a single drop, this is, this is what the book of Proverbs is teaching us. Verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning 
of knowledge or the beginning of wisdom. That line gets repeated the whole way through the book of Proverbs. And what he's saying is we can't even begin. We can't even start out learning wisdom until we grow a fear of the Lord. When we say fear of the Lord, we don't mean a a terror that drives us away from God. We mean a sense of our place in the universe underneath God. He is infinitely supermassive. You are infinitely, not infinitely, you are super tiny, though. You are super tiny. Every second of every day, you depend on him to supply the air you breathe. Every second of every day, you rely on him to keep your heart beating. You live in a universe that is entirely God's, and you just exist in it. You are contingent upon him in every manner. Alistair Begg, he said it well when he said this. He said, you don't know who you are until you know God. How can you know who you are until you know who God is? You don't understand your place in the universe until you know God. And, he goes on, you don't know how to live, or to paraphrase, you don't know how to be wise, you don't know how to live until you've settled the question of how to die. How can you be wise until you know what your life is for? How can you be wise until you know what your death means and how to die well? And so we talked about this last week, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's where we start. We need that as a starting place. We can't get anywhere without that in place. What we didn't talk about is the second half of that verse. Do you see it there? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You're seeing the, the, um, the contrast there? Beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Fools, on the other hand, despise wisdom and especially instruction. And so our focus today in chapter 1 of Proverbs is the path of the fool. In that passage today, we're going to see, uh, we heard it from Leanders before, but we're going to see two voices speaking. Two voices are making an appeal to us. The first voice is wisdom. And wisdom here is cast as a, as a father speaking to a son with, with warnings. Um, and the, <laughs> the fools are also speaking here. And the fools are calling to us to join them in their foolishness and in their dead-end, destructive lives. And so we're going to be taking our text today two parts. The first half is the call of the fool, verses 8 through 19. And then, uh, secondly, heed the call of, of wisdom. The call of the fool, the call of wisdom. And that's kind of how our passage breaks up today. And so let's jump into verse 8 now. He starts like this. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. So the the first nine chapters of Proverbs is really going to be a series of lectures or teachings from a father to a son interspersed with with our wisdom herself speaking to us as well. Uh, And ten times he's going to say, my son, listen to me. And he's going to make some appeal. And this is how he starts here. This is, um, just quickly, this is probably a, um, a, a word to the parents. Um, to take your role as, the, as, the, as, as teaching wisdom to your kids seriously. To take that role seriously. To model godly living. Not just speak it, but model it as well. I think um, the best possible teaching you can do to your kids is to live a life of worship. And let your actions speak louder than words. But we see here there's a responsibility of the parent to pass on wisdom, to teach. Um, Verse 8, verse 9. So heed my counsel, son. 
For they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Uh, the garland is like a victor's wreath. That's the imagery being used, like a victor's wreath. And, and the pendants like a, a chain around your neck as a mark of prestige and honor. And so it's this, um, you know, think an Olympic gold medal. <laughs> it's a mark of dignity and a mark of um, worth. Yeah. So what he's saying is wisdom, it esteems us. It dignifies us. Wisdom, it keeps us from falling into the dirt and living lives that where we live pointless lives and, and worth, think that we're living worthless lives. It keeps us from making those mistakes and, and uh, falling into that kind of trap. The Lord has more for us than that. He wants to give us dignity. And this is the warning he has for us. We see it from verse 10. This is the warning of wisdom. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. There's a Colin Buchanan song just about that verse, by the way. Go find it afterwards. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole. Like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain a net is spread in sight of any bird. But these men, they lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. You might have the same experience of me reading this. You know, we've done all this build-up. We're going to learn about wisdom. We're going to learn from the world's wisest man. We're geared up and ready to go. Okay, Solomon, teach us. What do we need to know to be wise? What's the first thing you have for us? You know, we're, we're ready to learn about wisdom. And Solomon goes, okay, guys, ready? Don't join a gang. <laughs> no matter what, don't do it. Don't join a gang. Okay. <laughs> now, as you and I drove to church this morning, I'll speak for myself at least. As I came to church this morning, um, I was not thinking about, should I join a gang? Should I lie in wait for innocent blood? Or should I not do that? Maybe I shouldn't do that. I don't know. I'm thinking about that question, right? That wasn't something that I was thinking about. That was not the issue in my life this week as I was seeking wisdom. Would wisdom have me join a gang or not? I, don't, I just can't figure that out one out. No, um, okay, so step back. What is there to learn from this passage then um, for our context? Because I think this warning is still incredibly significant for us. I think the key idea in this passage that kind of undergirds this whole concept of the, the, the way of the fool is verse 19, right? Those who are greedy for unjust gain. Greedy for unjust gain. Guys, joining a gang might not be a live issue, but greed is a live issue for all of us, always. And greed is one of Satan's most potent weapons and most deceitful traps that he will set for us all. It promises so much and it delivers so little. And here we find that it leads 
to destructive living. Destructive living. Self-destructive living, as well as destructive of others. And so Proverbs 1 is telling us, the fool lives that life where he is just out for himself, he, just, he cares about himself, and he's after unjust gain. And the clear call of this passage is, don't go with him. Don't join him. This kind of fool makes their way through the world without any regards for anyone else. They just care for themselves. Self-centered. They are narcissistic. And they use and consume people. This is this kind of fool we're talking about. All they care about is getting what they want, and they don't care who gets burned along the way. They lack any sense of moral compass. They can justify just about anything if they don't get caught, including, in some cases, violence, literal violence or, or otherwise, right? The violence might not be a knife or a gun. It might be a keyboard. It might come from a company boardroom. But the intent is the same. They will wound and they will destroy people to get what they want, no matter who gets hurt. In some cases, they'll do it out of sheer boredom, we're told. These people exist in the world. And the warning of Proverbs 1 is this. They want you to join with them. They want you to come along for the ride. This kind of destructiveness, this kind of self-centered living, it... It loves company because the more people that get on board, the, the more they can feel they can justify their lives. These might not be the people you meet a lot, but I think maybe the younger folk in the room starting out, these guys, they, they go in packs. <laughs> and they're out there. They're absolutely out there. And so we could probably get a, a whiteboard out and brainstorm a heap of ways where this might kind of we might see this play out in, in our lives and in our world, maybe in our workplace, um, that goes kind of beyond just joining an urban gang or whatever. Um, but here's just a few examples of, of what I think this might look like in our common experience. Do you remember school? Do you remember watching those bullies at school who would torment kids for no reason? Man, that's, that's, that's this, isn't it? They, we've all seen it, just driving these kids to despair for no reason. Um, think of those ruthless business practices, <coughs> driving people into poverty so they can add a few extra percentage points onto an annual report at the end of the year. No regard for what is right or someone's well-being, just crushing people. I think of the, uh, the nameless, faithless, faceless internet mobs who go about destroying people's lives because of some perceived slight that's happened. Um, I think of soccer thugs fighting in bars, like this guy. Um, just because the other guy's wearing a different colored shirt. Vicious false rumors started in an office workplace over a rival. All these things, what are they? It stems from pride, envy, jealousy, and honestly, retribution in a lot of cases, isn't it? Retribution, and it reveals this kind of, uh, kind of bloodlust that kind of feels good. Wisdom says, do not 
go down that path. It leads to absolute destruction. Do not go down this path. Wisdom says resist the lure of the kind of evil that will hurt someone to get something for yourself. It's evil. Violence. For example, I think uh, in the smallest of ways, this, this can be a live issue for us even, um, I think of things like gossip and slander, the way we talk about people when they're not in the room. I think we've all experienced the, yeah, we've all had the experience of being invited into that conversation and being expected to join in. And it's the same thing. Come with us. We're lying in wait. You know, we're, 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 we're talking evil of that people. Come join us, and it'll make us feel good about what we're doing and justify it to ourselves. And so we've all been tempted to join into that outrage and pile on and, and indulge in some slander. Wisdom says, hold back your foot from their path. Hold back your foot. foot. I think maybe the, the most subtle way we can feel this is when we just feel pleasure in the misfortune of someone else that we don't like. That is in our hearts. Lord, forgive us. Lord, forgive us. Verse 20, let's move on. This is, the, this is the, the warning of the way of the fool that can destroy your life if you go down that path. Resist that path. Verse 20, we hear the appeal now from wisdom herself. Listen to what wisdom says. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the marketplace, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance to the city gates, she speaks. Notice just where... Um, where she's standing as she speaks to everyone. She is not in an ivory tower. She's in the marketplace. She wants everyone to hear her. She wants every type of person to hear her. This is not, wisdom is not for the, uh, you know, for the, for the few, it is for everyone. She wants to be heard and she wants her voice and anyone can hear her. And so that's important to see that, where, where wisdom is. Verse 22, this is what she says. How long, O simple ones, Will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing? And fools hate knowledge. So wisdom here, she addresses three, three types of fool. Um, the simple, the scoffers, and just the generic fool category uh, we see as well. Uh, the simple are those who I think are not really paying attention to life. They're not really paying attention to what really matters. They're kind of on autopilot. They kind of just go with the flow, right? They're, they're just happy, living their lives, getting on with things, and, um, and not really ever reflect on what their life is for, any of the big questions of life. They're just, they're just on the back burner. That's the simple person. And so these people, they go with the flow of popular opinion because whatever everyone else is doing is fine, right? It's the simple so this is how the simple operate. They're satisfied with surface-level answers to life. They never want to dig deeper. Here's the good news for the simple in the book of Proverbs. There is absolutely hope for the simple. There is hope for the simple. They can still learn wisdom if they desire it. If they want to step out of simpleness into wisdom, the door is wide open. But equally, the simple they can level up into full-blown fools as well. Um, they, that, that opportunity is open for them as well, right? They haven't graduated to that level yet, but they absolutely can. So for the simple, really, there's a decision to be made, really, is what the Proverbs is saying. 
Simple, come and learn wisdom. Um, and can I just say, if, I, if I've maybe described you, maybe the word simple isn't a particularly nice label to feel like the Bible's putting on you. Um, but if I've described you, listen to what wisdom's actually saying to you. She's saying, how long will you be satisfied with that status quo? How long will you be happy to sit in that place? Are you ready to leave that behind and grow deeper? The invitation to wisdom is there for the simple. The next type of fool is the scoffer. And I think this is probably one of the worst types of fools in the world. And sadly, I think he's probably the most common type of fool in our world today. These guys are everywhere. Everywhere. This this type of fool is by no means stupid. They're often very, very intelligent, actually. Um, We're definitely not talking about stupid people. But it's the arrogance that characterizes the scoffer. He's an arrogant fool. These people are sarcastic and smug. They are dismissive. They roll their eyes at others. They scoff. And it says, actually, that they delight in their scoffing. They love to belittle other people. It brings them joy. It makes them feel self-superior. That's, that's the scoffer. These people are everywhere. <laughs> they, um, they're often very intelligent. Finally, the Hebrew, the, the kesil, uh, is the most common word used for fool. And he's the generic basket. Um, he, it means basically, uh, the word basically means insolent and obstinate. So they're just stubborn. They refuse to learn. They're unresponsive to reason. They're, they're set in their ways. They're just un, entirely unteachable. And they may make a lot of bad decisions. Now, I think as we think through these different types of people, the simple, the scoffer, the fool, we could probably think of people we've met over our lives. We're like, yeah, that, he was definitely one of those. Um, however, I think what wisdom would say at this point is we are absolutely capable of all of these things all of the time, aren't we? Part of wisdom is saying, you know what, I've actually got a bit of the simple in me. I am often way too satisfied with the status quo, and it's going with the drift. I've got a bit of the scoffer in me. I can be pretty self-righteous and get up on my high horse. And I've definitely got a bit of the fool in me as well, right? Our, I think it's important that we all recognize this, right? Our, our apathy, it makes us like the simple. Our pride makes us scoffers, and our just our selfishness makes us fools. And so wisdom calls to us all today with this invitation, verse 23. Key word in here, the word turn. If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. So wisdom saying, if you turn, you can receive wisdom. There is a turning necessary though, isn't there? Right? God is not the holdout here. He is willing and able to respond to meet us where we need wisdom. He's, he, what he's really talking about here is, is repentance. I just would turn, turn to God, ask for wisdom, leave their ways of the foolishness behind. And then we get into the consequences for our foolishness that we see in verse 24. Wisdom saying, how long will you, how long will you ignore me? If you turn, I'll make my, my words known to you. But because I have called and you refuse to listen... 
I've stretched out my hand and no one has heeded because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. This is wisdom talking. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Okay, th- I think this is really important, this, this part of our text today. Wisdom is saying, ignore me at your peril. <laughs> ignore me at your peril. Why? Honestly, because, I don't know if you picked it up here, honestly, because of the reality of cause and effect. That's all that's happening here, right? The storm of consequences, I love that consequences are kind of uh, portrayed as a storm. The storm of consequences is just going to come upon you and you're going to find yourself in a very dark place just by virtue of your decisions. Did you see it in verse 24 through 27? Because I've called and you refused, I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. So it's important at this point to just go, okay, Wisdom here, the words we're reading here, wisdom, it, it, he's a rep- she, I should say, she's a representative figure, okay? Um, so this isn't cold-hearted vindictiveness from God. This is wisdom trying to convey the utter insanity of ignoring wisdom. It's an insane thing to do. It's an insane thing to do to ignore wisdom. Why? Because the storm of consequences will absolutely come. Basic cause and effect will take place, and your life will be destroyed. Right? That's what it's saying. So wisdom is kind of giving us this, um, this you reap what you sow kind of warning. You reap what you sow. In the, in the same way that 2 plus 2 is 4, so your bad decisions will have bad outcomes. That's what wisdom's saying. So make good decisions instead. All, you would have noticed it as well, um, the way she said, like, you know, after the fact, what can I do for you, right? Like, after the decision's been made, all the wisdom in the world can't undo that decision. The decision's been made. That ship has well and truly sailed. And so it's urgent that we all get wisdom now, ahead of time, to save us destroying our lives <laughs> with bad decisions. Uh, one, one commentator said it well, uh, Raymond Van Leeuwen, can't pronounce his name. Um, In his commentary, he wrote this. He said, there are points of no return. When the storm comes upon us, it is too late to seek shelter. Moments of decision pass and are gone forever. Timing is all. The timing, he's talking about the timing of getting wisdom. You've got to get wisdom early before that decision. Because after that decision has gone, you can't get that moment back, right? Now, the truth is, God is very good, and God is very gracious, and God is very merciful. 
And in God's grace, he does bring redemption in the midst of our worst decisions. He does genuinely do that. In his grace, we can receive forgiveness for our sins. By his grace, he even protects us at times from some of the consequences of our decisions. And I think at the end of the day, we can all say, safely say that no Christian will ever, ever receive what they deserve. God shields us from that. We get grace. We do. Our Father treats us far better than we deserve. But what Proverbs is saying here is that there are real-life consequences for your horrendous decisions. You murder someone, you're going to jail. Are you going to repent? Well, that's up to you. You can repent and receive God's grace. You're still going to be in jail. That decision has been made. You have to, you have to live with that for the rest of your life, right? You drink and drive and get caught, you're going to lose your license. That's, that's the world we live in, cause and effect. You might receive grace for that. That'd be great. But still, you have to live with the, those decisions. Punch your boss in the, in, your fa- in the face during a performance review, you're going to lose your job. That's just that's how it goes, right? No matter how sorry you are after the fact. Parents, if you fail to parent, <laughs> you are self-centered and you don't put proper boundaries in place for your kids, you're going to raise a kid that no one likes. <laughs> no matter how much you are apologetic after the fact, right? We need wisdom ahead of time <laughs> so we can make good decisions. Ignoring, this is, I think this is the bottom line of what we're reading, ignoring God's wisdom on right living will lead us into dark places. Really will. It's worth, I think, also just acknowledging that obedience has a different kind of pain. Obedience, you know, short-term pain of obedience is, is hard. It might be a difficult path to walk down that path to do the wise thing. But what we do is we save ourselves the storm that comes upon us. It is always the wise path to listen to God. Always. And so today, let us, let's receive this word. Let's, let's resolve to heed counsel, godly counsel. Let's resolve to resist the path of the fool and go down that, that path of self-centeredness and destruction and resolve to walk on that path of, of wisdom, no matter how difficult it is. Sometimes it's hard. I just want to close with um, Jesus. You know, Jesus says the exact same thing uh, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Matt read from, you were in John 6, weren't you? No, not the Sermon on the Mount, whoops. Uh, Matthew said, uh, John said, Jesus said this in Matthew 7. He makes the exact same point about a coming storm, the storm of consequences. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. Do you notice Jesus using the language of wise and fool? Jesus loves to talk about this as well. He picks up on the Proverbs themes a lot. He'll be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. You see how Jesus is saying exactly the same thing that we've just been reading about in Proverbs 1? Storm's coming, 
What's your house built on? What Jesus does here, though, he, is he changes the ball game a bit, doesn't he? He doesn't just say, um, whoever listens to wisdom has a house on the rock. He points to himself and says, whoever hears these words that I speak, whoever listens to me will receive, will be, have his house on the rock. All this stuff about wisdom crying out in the streets that we see in Proverbs 1 as well, making himself fully available to everyone, has its fulfillment in Christ as well. His word is not hidden. It, it is for all who receive him. The invitation is for all who would hear it. And in particular, the invitation for forgiveness, eternal life. I think it's safe to say that you and I have been fools. We um, will never be wise enough to earn the favor of our Lord. But the Lord invites us in anyway. He offers us grace. He offers us forgiveness. He offers us wisdom. Notice what he says, though. Notice what Jesus says here. It's not just whoever hears these words. In fact, the fool hears the words too, doesn't he? The fool hears them. He doesn't receive them. Whoever hears these words and whoever does them. That's the call from Jesus. Whoever actually makes that decision, lets the rubber hit the road, right? There's a response required, the response of faith. We actually need to move from the point of indifference to Jesus to a point of decision. We need to not just receive his words, but land in a place of actual, yeah, let, let, let our lives actually be adjusted to him. Our belief will show itself empty if we do not adjust our lives to his words and obedience. So we need to receive his word. We need to obey his word. And so this offer is, is for us today, I think, from Jesus, from the book of Proverbs. Come, receive grace, receive forgiveness for your sin. It's an offer made for all. Come, receive a new start. Come, receive a bright future. Come, receive eternal life. Come, receive wisdom from above. And that offer is for all. Offer is for all. Let's notice the warning here, though, that Jesus gives us as well. He says to refuse him is to face that storm and receive judgment. Great is the fall of that house. To receive the offer of Jesus, the offer of eternal life, the offer of, of eternal joy, I think it's the wisest thing you could ever do. I think it's the wisest thing you could ever do. And so if we ever display even just an ounce of wisdom, it would be saying yes to our Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word to us. Lord, as, as difficult as it, as it is to hear the warnings, Lord, we pray that we would receive your warnings, that there are real dangers ahead of us. There will be temptations to make decisions in selfishness, for greed, Decisions where we have the opportunity to wound others for our own benefit. 
And Lord, would you keep us from going down that path? Jesus, instead you were wounded for us so that we might receive grace. Lord, you suffered so we might receive forgiveness. Pray that as we look to you, Lord, you would give us wisdom, the wisdom we need. Uh, you'd grow us in that wisdom, Lord. Yeah, keep us from the path of the fool. Keep us from being simple, being all too satisfied with the status quo, drifting along in life, going with the flow. Keep us from being the scoffer, all too proud, but an absolute fool. And keep us from being obstinate, unteachable, committed to our own folly. Lord, lift up our, lift up our eyes off this world onto your heavenly throne. Remind us who we are as your children. Lord, and give us the wisdom. Give us the wisdom to walk with you day by day. Give us the wisdom to, to say yes to you in every small decision and big decision that we're faced with. Lord Jesus, be thou my wisdom. And pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.